Here we are once again for another artist interview, this time with the one and only Colin Dale. Colin has been a big name in the tattoo world, let alone in the Nordic tattooing scene for many years now. And, well, you know, he's an absolute legend and it was a pleasure to get to record this with him. And I can promise you over the next hour or so that this goes on for, there's lots of twists and turns in this story. Everything from ancient mummies to the porn industry to, of course, tattooing. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, not much stuff. I'm very good, yeah. Uh, hopefully this- getting through lockdown? <laughs> just about, yeah. Just try, yeah. Uh, hopefully it's not gonna last much longer, but. <laughs> Yeah, so how about you? Oh, we got another couple weeks left and then we can go back, hopefully, unless they extend it. But yeah, we've been off since the middle of December, so yeah, until March, so it's been a long stint. Yeah, it's certainly going to be very strange to uh, become tattooers once more. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know it just from just from the going away for a couple months at the biking markets. And then getting back to the studio and, and the first couple of machine tattoos you have to do, uh, that machine is just so heavy. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. That's what I found as well. Like, I, I've done a couple of small pieces on myself by machine as well as hand poke. And it, it, it is like that thing of I almost forget how hard it is on the hands having like that, just holding a machine again. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the different, yeah, because I, I like to think of it, the, the, the hand tattooing is, is uh, it's actually using the opposite muscles of the of the machine tattooing. You know, exactly. you're using the machine to do, like, with, with us, we use it for dot work, but uh, the machine's doing all the work, but you're you're lifting the machine. So you put it down to the skin, and it makes the dots, and you're constantly, like, using your wrist to lift, 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 whereas if you're doing hand tattooing, you're doing just the opposite. You're going and pressing down, down, down to make the dots. Yeah. It's the same movement, but but uh, but it's using different muscles. Yeah. So um, for you know for people that are listening that don't know so much about your work, you um, well for a start you you do a lot of hand poke. You you do more hand poke than machine work, don't you really? Uh, now I do, yeah. I've been, I've been really working on pressing it uh, the last several years for for different reasons. Um, mostly for ego, I think, um, <laughs> because there's been a real boom in um, in the biking markets with, with uh, hand tattooing and a lot of uh, really amateur uh, work coming out. Not just in the biking markets, but in, in the tattoo scene in, in general. Uh, all these hand poke kits and stuff you can buy now and all these little yeah YouTube videos to go and get people started and, and just seeing a lot of really bad work so I, I was trying to show some good work and um, show some larger work and, and show what could be done with the tools um, trying to trying to press the boundaries of it of, of what uh, what you normally see with hand poke tattooing yeah. Well, that's certainly one of the reasons behind uh, your Facebook page, uh, Traditional Nordic Tattooing as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that was another thing, because we were coming up to, I, I started a few years back, and it was just when we were coming up to the market season again. And um, like I said, there's been just been 
too many amateurs out on the markets that are they're outnumbering the, the professional tattooists and doing some really bad unhygienic work. Um, yeah. So I wanted to show some good work and just opened up the, the page and just uh, was showing a bit of my stuff and some other friends stuff that I would find online and then, then, then it just sort of exploded after that and just amazing how many people are yeah, following the site now. Indeed. So just for people that aren't aware of the situation in Denmark uh, pre-lockdown, obviously, uh, that like the Danish uh, authorities cro- cracked down on tattooing at market markets because there was people jumping the fence, jumping in and tattooing without gloves with one needle on many individuals, wasn't there? And, yeah, uh, it, was, it was crazy. Some, it, it was yeah. It's, it's sort of been a combination of things because uh, we we had uh, we had several incidents where people were going and like jumping the fence and going and coming in and tattooing without, uh, you know, like sanitary stuff using the same, same needles on different people and, and stuff like that. But at, at the same time, the, the government has also been trying to crack down on this. Yeah. So um, we, we had these amateurs on the markets that were going and fucking it up. So the markets were actually considering closing it down. And at the same time, you had the government going and coming in with all these new restrictions and, and, uh, and uh, laws uh, about tattooing, um, trying to go and uh, yeah regulate uh, all tattooists now. So uh, yeah, everything was at the same time, and it was getting like really really hard to tattoo because the the legal rules for tattooing are almost impossible to uh, to do on a market setting. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of things they, they, they have in the new laws are, are you know, you need uh, you need soap and hand sanitizer, uh, wall mounted uh, above your sink uh, and <laughs> stuff like this. And, and you, you just don't have a sink in your tent. You don't have like walls in your tent that you can mount things on. So it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting when we when we go back and how, how we can arrange things that we can do it. Uh, but yeah. we, we've, we've always done it safely and hygienically. But uh, yeah, doing it also according to yeah the laws that are set in for the general tattoo uh, studios now. Well, uh, just uh, digressing slightly, I want to take the opportunity to say that um, so what you were saying about the whole point of showing the uh, tattooing by hand or hand poke, stick and poke, whatever you want to call it. Um, that you you want to show that it can be done to a high standard because uh, you know. There's a lot of people out there, and in fact, most people that don't really know anything about it for a start will just think if it's done without machine, then it must be primitive and a bit shit, which is yeah. not the case. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so just to say, like, metalwork, let's just say the Viking Age, for example, the metalwork was out of this world. The metalworkers now find it difficult to replicate what was done then. And yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot of them can't do what was done then. Exactly. Uh, so, so uh, I won't talk about tattooing in the, the Viking period because that's a uh, you know we can't necessarily say that that was the case or not. But tattooing in the past, like we, you know, there's examples of tattoos on mummies and permafrost, or literally just on dry mummies, wet mummies, whatever. And the yeah. the standard of their work is insane. And again, like tattoos uh, done by um, by needle and thread in. Um, in Greenland, their line work is so precise and so tidy, like that most people yeah. by machine couldn't even do that now. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. something that like people get very wrong. I, as we 
both know that when it comes to that idea, if you're going to tattoo without a machine, that it should be a bit shit. Not the case at all. No, no, and that's one of the things you find on the on the markets as well, is in, and in the hand poke scene, of people going and making excuses for bad work by going and saying uh, that it's supposed to look rough. It's done by hand, <laughs> which is not the case. Uh, yeah. that, that's one of the one of the worst worst cliches that that, that you hear out there now. Um, but um, I think think with the the handcrafts uh, in in the Viking Age and stuff, it, it was uh, something people took pride in. And it wasn't just some guy that went and like, uh, you know, went and poked his uh, his girlfriend and put a little ruin on her finger in the parents' basement or something. They, they, there was actually craftsmen that were trained to do these things, um, whether it was ruined stones or whether it was jewelry or whether it was embroidery or, you know, and on the markets, uh, every, everybody knows who, who does the best jewelry, who does the best woodwork, who does the best, uh, you know, embroidery. But uh, for some reason, they, 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 yeah, don't, don't look for the best person to do their tattoos sometimes. Well, I think that that's the thing is if you're new to it, because say, for instance, when I first got into the whole, uh, going to the Viking markets, like, uh, uh, you know, our mutual friend, Hannah, she, she yeah. was sort of leading me around at one point because I was like, that looks nice and shiny. She's like, no, 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 no. It, it might look good on first impression, <laughs> but stay away. There's better. Uh, and and I, I mean, that's the thing is. Yeah, well, uh, often, often people want something from somebody they know, so I, exactly. I, I can understand that. Um, you, you, if you, especially with something so intimate as a tattoo, um, if you feel comfortable with the person, uh, you're going to trust them a lot more than yeah, maybe somebody that's better, but uh, that you don't know. Yeah, and and again, just before I get you know before people think I'm getting too carried away on my high horse uh, about standards, uh, you are completely right. Like the whole thing of if you have a tattoo that isn't even that great, is if it's done in a, a wonderful setting by a wonderful person, it can still mean more than, than uh, you know, if the aesthetics isn't perfect. Yeah, I, I, I used to say you can always, um, if you have a good design done badly, it can still be a good tattoo. But if you have a bad design, there's doesn't matter how good the tattooist is, it's still going to be a shit tattoo. <laughs> you know what? I think the place where that shows itself most clearly is when people get portraits done. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> there, 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 there's a few people that do really, really nice portraits. Um, but then, then they, they, it has to be done at a good size. Uh, you know, so many details and stuff, and it's un under the surface of the skin. Uh, your own pigment is over top of it, so you have to have a lot more contrast. And when people first started doing the portraits, I've seen a lot of these like award-winning portraits that were done by you know these great artists, and then you see it healed up and you can't <laughs> recognize it. Um, but then then people started realizing this. Uh, they started learning from it, and and they started going and doing like sort of uh, what you would call uh, hyper hyper realism. Where 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 they do a portrait, but but they put in like solid black, or they put in like colors that are almost you know like they're so vibrant that it looks like a cartoon. Mm. But uh, after it heals, it looks fine, and um, and it will hold much better that way as well. You're getting much more contrast than you would have in the actual photo, but it becomes a better tattoo because of it. It's crazy. But that's that's the thing as well, isn't it? Like when it comes to 
with a with a tattoo obviously we mostly do black work um, one way or another so it's not a, as much of a concern for us but you know um the whole idea that the tattoo is basically going to be and it's it will heal under the skin so it's almost like imagining a, a layer of tra tracing paper on top that yeah it's yeah. covering it so it's like, like a filter you're looking through to see the ink yeah but yeah, even with us though, you have to realize like like contrast is really important. Like like uh, you see all the like a lot of the um, the tribal work done in the in the nineties and stuff, where it's all after after it's uh, after it's you know sort of spread out with time, all all the negative spaces all closed up, and and all all these like old uh, you know celtic designs and tribal designs that just look like shit after after a few years because people were doing them too small um not enough contrast um not enough room for for the the tattoo to grow yeah. so uh yeah i think uh i think that has to be taken into consideration also with us definitely yeah so talking of um tattoos over time and stuff and so um would uh, would you tell me how how was it that you got on your journey into being a tattooist? And where did where did it start? Like, uh, like where did it start with art first of all? Uh, art. I've always always enjoyed drawing. Um, always done drawing. Um, never been great at it, but yeah, <laughs> always always enjoyed it. So um, yeah, and that, that that just sort of took me through school. Like like I was always uh, sort of doing good in in art classes, and then went to a university that sort of specialized in in art and theater, and then um, then from there went to university, uh, took a fine art degree there, and it was during that time, like like during uh, you know when when we were young, my my my, my brothers they built a tattoo machine, uh, back when we were about yeah fifteen or something and uh proceeded to scar themselves for life with it <laughs> and uh luckily I, 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 I didn't i didn't get tattooed at that time and then it sort of like really turned me off of tattooing uh in that way um but going to university afterwards and seeing all uh taking a lot of um classes in uh, indigenous art um and uh, seeing a lot of Japanese uh, tattoos on woodblock prints, uh, seeing a lot of Inuit designs done on on uh, on art, um, like tattoo designs, um, and a lot of um, Iroquois and, and Plains Cree Indian, and all all these these designs. Um, that, that, that's where I sort of became interested more in the in the cultural aspect of, of the tattooing. And, uh, but I, I, I didn't want to get into it without knowing what I was doing because I didn't want to, uh, follow my brother's footsteps. <laughs> so, uh, even, even getting my first tattoo, we, we didn't have a tattooist in our hometown. So it was like, you know, was, to get one, you'd have to go like 10 hour, eight, 10 hour drive to Calgary to go and get anything. And, and yeah, I didn't have a car or anything at that time. So, um, the chances of getting a tattoo were pretty possible uh getting an apprenticeship was pretty impossible but um yeah I, I i was still interested in it and just sort of kept it on the back burner for years um eventually went traveling uh, over to europe and asia and uh seeing tattoos there uh the the uh, the, the thai temple tattoos and all of these 
and then uh, then eventually uh, going and yeah traveling and moving and immigrating to Scandinavia uh, years later um, and still having an interest in this um, I've always been interested in mummies as well and um, at that time they they, they didn't there, there weren't any um, any uh, the tattoos that had been found on the Egyptian mummies but uh, but they had uh, the the Inuit mummies, which I studied in university, and uh, the Pazruk mummies, um, they were around. Uh, Utsi, he, he was found uh, the same the same uh, month that I that I went and moved to Denmark. No way. So all, all of that sort of sort of yeah brought my interest in, into it even more. And uh, then then I came to Denmark and I I couldn't work uh, in my field. Uh, first, not knowing the language, uh, then uh, to get pretty much any job here, you need to have like some sort of education. Some what sort of, what and, was it you were you were looking to get into at the time? Uh, yeah, I mean, anything with art. Um, yeah. I, I I had just finished university before moving over here, and um, was doing a lot of graphic jobs and then stuff like that. You know, like for friends and bands and all this sort of stuff. And photo jobs. I also worked, yeah, did a bit of photography and stuff. But um, yeah, then moving over here, there was, there was nothing like I, I didn't. My education wasn't recognized here, so I couldn't actually work in art. So I spent several years going and like just doing menial labor, uh, you know, cleaning jobs and hotel jobs, and, and but still drawing. I was doing cartoons and stuff for free, and then doing a little bit of graphic stuff, uh, volunteer stuff for a uh, newspaper. Um, and I also also tried to uh, get an apprenticeship when I first moved over here. Went to all the different tattoo shops uh, down in the red light district and um, down in the harbor area. Um, but at that time, yeah, it was like you know the early 90s uh if, if you if you didn't know anybody then uh yeah you weren't going to get in yeah so uh, <laughs> and I, I even even when like bought got books i i, I bought machines I, I i had machines but i didn't dare use them because uh, no, right? i was afraid i was going to fuck up <laughs> i had to have somebody go and show me how to use this stuff before i yeah like i said my my my, my brother scared the hell out of me <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, eventually, uh, yeah, I got I got a job, got my first, uh, got a couple graphic jobs. I got I got uh, one working in the porn industry, and then uh, no way. And then, and then from, yeah, yeah, way. And then from there, uh, I got a job working at uh, the University Hospital here um, in Gentofte, going in. Uh, it's a suburb of Copenhagen. Going and doing some uh, uh, what was it? Uh, clinical clinical illustration. They have a department for uh, for photography and clinical illustration, and basically all, all all the stuff they do now is all just photography. You know, yeah. the books and stuff. And and it, it was a university hospital, so it's a teaching hospital. But they they still have a couple illustrators on staff to go and do all of the more graphic type of work um, that maybe can't be illustrated best with the photograph. Yeah. And um, yeah, the f funny thing is, this 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 hospital was also the ones uh, ones that went and took the photos of the Greenland mummies tattoos. No way. Yes way. Yeah. And um, they they had they had all the photos in their archives. 
So I got to see all the photos, and at the same time, I, uh, I actually found a place to apprentice. <laughs> so I was, I was going and looking. I had already studied, studied these tattoos, then I got to go and see all the photos, and also the photos that weren't published of them. And uh, then I was, I was uh, apprenticing at the same time. So, yeah, it's, yeah, so it sort of all came around. Well, I'll tell you what, just before we get on to um, that next chapter then in the story, I have to ask, so we, we, were you a, a graphic designer in the porn industry in Denmark? Uh, so, sort of. I, I, I went in for, like, I, I'd sit, like, uh, like I said, I, wa- I wanted to work with, uh, with art or graphics. Yeah. So I would apply for anything. Uh, any 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 job that came out that had to do, I, I would apply for it. Yeah. And I remember there there, there was one there that it was yeah I even applied for fucking Disney. Uh, in, yeah, going and doing stuff for Disney at that time uh, in in Denmark. Um, but there, there there was one that I went and applied for. It was it was called uh, Courage Communications, I think, and it was it was uh, they were looking for a graphic artist, so I just sent it in. And then uh, it was a year later or something. They sent sent me a return thing, going and saying that uh, yeah, they, they were looking for somebody. They they, they might have sent me one earlier, saying that uh, saying that we aren't looking right now. I don't know, but I sent out hundreds of these things, um, just trying to find something rather than cleaning toilets. So, yeah. but uh, I got I got this one, and um, is they they, they uh, asked me to come for an interview. So I went and like yeah. Had to go down for this interview. Bicycled all the way across town and uh, ended up at this place called Rodox and uh, went in there. And I, d- I didn't know any anything about this. This was just a graphic job. And they, they went in like they were really nice. They went and gave me coffee and stuff and took me into the room. And yeah, I was supposed to sit down and wait for the for the bosses to come in. And bosses went and came in and they they were carrying this yeah, big stack of magazines. And yeah, they go and slap them down like this big pack of magazines in front of me uh and it's all porno mags and <laughs> the first thing they asked me is is yeah uh, can, is, is this a problem for you to work with and the first thing i said is well do you want me modeling or do you want me doing the graphics <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i was a hired. bit of both <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my interview <laughs> wow yeah I was, I was hungry enough i wouldn't have done either so <laughs> But yeah, I, I did that for a while, and unfortunately, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a full time position. It was just, uh, but it, it was almost full time hours, um, just doing layout on all these graphic, yeah, on on these uh, photos and stuff, uh, going clipping them. And but I was I was only there for a short while, and then uh, then I got the job at the hospital instead. So that that worked out much better. Wow. But yeah, once you get your foot in the door with a graphic job, then you can. Yeah, it goes and opens doors to other graphic jobs. So yeah, so yeah, that that, that, was, that was my stay in the porn industry. Though. <laughs> wow. Well, I wasn't expecting to hear that. That's very interesting. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but when when when, when I, I I think I think it actually helped me. Uh, not not the porn industry, but <laughs> involved, aside from opening doors and stuff. But just uh, you know, like. I, I look back at uh, you know so so many of my friends and stuff and family and 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 when I go back to Canada and seeing what they're doing and, and many of them are, are doing the same thing they were doing like like thirty years ago when when I went and moved away and um, I, th- I think if I had stayed there I, I might have ended up like sort of in the same same routine 
Mm. If they think by going and immigrating to another country and having to learn another language and having to go and like do all these shit jobs and 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 just have to work your way up from the bottom, uh, it sort of like inspired. It makes you fight more for things. Yeah. So I think I think it sort of was was good for me to get away and have to stand on my own feet and uh, really. Yeah, give give myself a kick in the ass to go and go and uh, yeah, build something over here, and yeah, eventually it worked. So I did exactly the same. Uh, I and like I was determined not to just have uh, terrible jobs that I hated because they really were destroying my soul. So I I uh, traveled as a well as a homeless artist for a long time, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then that turned into. Well, then I tattooed for a bit, uh, like, um, and I, I learned how to tattoo, and then I started going around studios. But I was pretty much homeless because I was determined not to let go of the dream as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, the road isn't always easy, but it's probably more fun that way. Yeah. So onto the. Sort of, go ahead. So we sort of lucked, lucked into it when we did as well, you know, like it was. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, just just sort of uh, when the waves started to go and uh, come up uh, with tattooing. Absolutely. With social media and stuff, and it just sort of exploded. And then, yeah, we, we got to surf it out while, while a lot of other people just sort of got uh, yeah, drowned in it. Yeah. Well, when I first got into Nordic tattooing, there was very few names that, you know, that people knew of that were mm-hmm. people that were specializing in Nordic tattooing, and you were one of them. So, yeah. you know, when, when yeah. I first started looking through, uh, you know, Blackwork books and the, the studios uh, that I was working in and stuff, that, like, your name would pop up and, and uh, and like, say, and, uh, you know, Kine and a few others and so on, but there really there wasn't that much to see. No, no, and, and that, that, that was, imagine where I started, like, even before that. Uh, the the only you know there were only two other Nordic artists that I knew of, and that, that was Jorn uh, uh, and and, uh, and Eric. Jorn uh, lived in Aarhus. Eric lived in Copenhagen. So I approached Eric first and um, brought him all my stuff and show, showed him all of my my drawings. And yeah, and, and he said no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, a few few days later, he sent me a letter, uh, and it just happened to the right place at the right time because uh, uh, the girl that was working for him um, when was quitting, um, she she was planning on quitting after that, and gave him notice that she'd be there for the next year. So I got to apprentice that year. Um, yeah, mostly under her hand, actually. She she was showing me all the stuff. He, Eric was always busy working. No way. But um, yeah, so that was that was sort of sort of that. I I just yeah, like like, like I said, sort of, sort of lucky being in the right place at the right time. But but it's also that I was in that place. You know, I put the effort into going to all these places. I put in like the hundreds and and you know of applications to things. So eventually, something yeah hit at the right right time. Yeah. So it's it's sort sort of luck, but you make your own luck as well. Yeah, determination is definitely a part of it. Yeah, yeah. So that was a uh, constable Croppen in Denmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's where you started uh, tattooing. Then, can you uh, could you tell me about the first tattoo you ever did? Um, no, no. 
<laughs> All right, oh, moving on. <laughs> Yeah, no, the first tattoo I did. The first tattoo I did, uh, yeah, uh, the first, I think, two and a half tattoos I did, Eric actually watched me. Um, he, I, I, he had never shown, shown me, like, anything. It was, it was basically like sink or swim. Uh, I <laughs> got to watch him, and then it was basically one day he just sort of gave me the machine and told me to go and set it up. And I had to, like, know that just from watching him, not actually from him actually showing or teaching me it. So I, I, I luckily was able to put it together. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and then had, had to get a few people that I could pra practice on, uh, do a few tattoos. And the first one I did, uh, yeah, I, I remember it because I, I, I went and set up the machine. I was all ready to go. My hands were shaking and sweaty um, and picked up the machine and, and the machine was heavy enough that, that my hands didn't shake anymore. And then I went in to put, put in the first line and the needle broke off the bar. No way. Yep, it just broke off the bar. It was sticking out of the skin. <laughs> I had to stop. Like That first line, I had to stop. I had to go and break down the whole machine, get a new needle, put the new needle in, and then by this time I was a fucking wreck. <laughs> I, was, I was nervous to start with, and then that happened. Bloody hell. But yeah, I got, I got through it, and it turned out all, all right. Uh, and then, then did a few more, and then uh, then started the hand tattooing as well. So yeah. Nice. And that hand tattooing I, I really, really preferred, um, because it wasn't as stressful. And um, and you didn't make mistakes as quickly. Yeah. With a machine, you can fuck fuck up really quickly. <laughs> uh, with hand tattooing, you need to be really really bad and persistent to go and like really really fuck it up. Yeah. But there are people that actually do that. <laughs> yeah, I I actually uh, I meant to add it in before, but I'm going to take this opportunity to say like not only is hand tattooing if it's done nicely, it's easier on the person you're tattooing. Uh, it's less painful yeah. than a machine. the The sensation is very different because it's a lot more uh, intimate. But it mm -hmm. usually hurts less. But it's also generally easier on the tattooist as well, isn't it? Like, like it's not as hard as our, on our hands as it is uh, with a machine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like I said, less stressful and stuff. And and um, you know, the machine machine's going and hitting like like you know, sixty, a hundred times a second. So it's uh, it's really hard on the skin. It it uh, you can draw a line on the skin, but but it's actually like almost ripping the skin as you go through it. Uh, whereas the hand poking, it's just uh, yeah, you put in so many dots that make a mark, and then you just continue on. Um, so it tends to be yeah, it, it takes much longer though. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. So yeah, it depends on what type of pain, you know. I find often um, when I'm doing uh, large pieces, um, often uh, my male clients, they, they prefer machine, uh, many of them. Um, I don't know if it's because they, they I, I think it's because they want to see the end result really quickly. Um, and they're willing to go and put up with horrendous pain yeah. uh, just to get it over with as quickly as possible. Uh, they, they, they can hold out for anything just to get this, this piece done. Whereas uh, many of my female clients are more turning towards the more the hand poking, uh, where it's more of a, yeah, I don't know, more 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 of a journey than a destination. Sometimes, you know, you, you have to. It's 
often not something you can do, like the larger things, not something you can do over one visit. So they come, you know, like over several times, you know, like every couple of weeks or every month or so, and, and just eventually like see the buildup of this and eventually it becomes like the finished product. Um, not, not sure if it's because of the less pain or if it's because, yeah, it's just more, yeah, intimate, uh, yeah, not, not as hard on the body. It's, it's, yeah. Whereas the guys, you know, they, they don't care. It's like a, a rite of passage. We're going to fucking get through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, um, I, I'm always amazed by say when, uh, you know, uh, I've tattooed a few people, I say, have come over from America, Australia, New, New Zealand, and, and they're here in, in, in Wales, and they're like, okay, I'm here for five days. I want to get this done because I don't know if I can yeah. afford to come again. So I'm like, yeah. okay, all systems go, let's do this. And yeah. and and again, it's, it is amazing that some people can just uh, sit and, and just endure like all. Mm-hmm. But of course, I, um, I do my best to try and make it... Uh, as uh, comfortable as possible to go through that experience, but it doesn't change that it's a lot of it's a lot of tattooing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was less comfortable now. Now, now at the new studio, it's uh, it's a lot more relaxed because I, I just take one client a day. Um, before I was taking, you know, like I'd have two appointments a day, and if I could fit one in between, then I do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes people were wanting small things. Sometimes I'd have up to five five clients a day. Um, and uh, there was very little room in the old studio. So uh, we were just sitting on, on these little um, office chairs with the little rolly wheels on the bottom. And um, some, sometimes you'd have, have a client going and fainting on you and stuff because <laughs> they're going sitting up all stressed and, and tensed and, and yeah. Um, but now, now, now I got more room. So yeah, lay, lay them down on the massage table and, and uh, yeah. Just more relaxed and just don't 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 have people going and like fainting on me anymore. <laughs> or if if they do, they don't fall so far, so they're already lying down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's um, that's always a bit of a mad one because obviously you know we're doing our best to try and uh, read the person that we're tattooing, but at the end of yeah. the day, we you know to read someone properly, you've got to have your eyes on them. And when you got your eyes on the yeah. skin, you don't know. You don't always know. No. <laughs> yeah, man, man, man has come into the studio sometimes, and, and you know, like uh, after work, she she um, uh, back when we were in the other studio. Um, after work, she'd come by and go and on, on her way home, see how I was doing and stuff. And sometimes she'd come in there, and I'd have like some clients lying on lying there. Uh, after seven hours, they're like totally white, going and sweating. They haven't peed or eaten anything, and she would just tear into me for going and torturing this person because they they they, they didn't realize they could take breaks, they could tap out, they, they could have a pause. I, I hadn't told them anything. I, I I'm just working. Yeah. But she she'd come and rescue them and go and it was like Stockholm syndrome or something. She well, come rescue them, give them chocolate, let 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 them pee and stuff. And <laughs> <I> can, <laughs> yeah. Yell at me a bit. And... Well, yeah, I, I I can certainly um uh I can be guilty of that as well. There was actually a moment where the the timing of it was uh was uh you know it was spot on for this. It was at Majorca, and um yeah. I was tattooing this uh this this lady. And she said, I want this piece done and I want it done now. Because again, it was another, I don't know when I'm going to see you again. So just crack on and do it. 
So I was like, okay, work mode, let's go. So I was just powering on through and doing uh, this piece on her arm. And she, uh, she, she, she broke, like the, like her resolve broke and she, she burst out crying. And I felt, oh, I felt so guilty. Cause again, I was doing a tattoo and I, I was, I was doing a terrible job at reading her. And that was yeah. the moment Tor was walking past and, <laughs> and Tor just shouted at me. He's like, Sean, you're a butcher. And I was like, it's not as bad as it looks. <laughs> but it uh, definitely oh. was, but I felt so guilty. And, and, and that was like a real turning point where I thought I've really got to try and I've got to try harder at this. Yeah. But yeah, you, you, you can't, you also can't get too involved because, because if you take on all of the person's pain, then it's, you, you aren't going to be able to do your job either. Of course. Um, yeah. that, that, that's one thing I find, find hard is when, when a person's going to get like pulling away or whining or twitching and, and, and then you just get stressed and yeah. you try to do things like softer on them, but then you have to end up going and doing it like twice to get like the same result. So it's not saving them any time, you know, you're taking more time putting them through longer pain uh, than actually just going like cracking down, getting it done and putting the blinders on. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. You, you, you can't be a sadist. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Some, sometimes you gotta, it is balance. It off. I, I, yeah. I know, I know, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of fantastic, fantastic artists that have tried to, uh, to be tattooists and um, they couldn't. Um, they just didn't have it in them mentally. Uh, they were too soft, not soft, but too, uh, empathetic, mm. um, with their clients and it, 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 it they, they couldn't get the job done because they were so worried about hurting the people. Um, you just have to have to be able to turn that off when, and, and focus on, on what you're doing sometimes. I remember I got, I did, just your story about my Liorca. I, I had one in, um, in, uh, I was tattooing a girl at a convention, an Irish girl, one time, and um, I was I was almost finished the tattoo. I was I was, I was hand poking it, and and uh, like I said, I usually don't have people paint on me, but she was sitting up, another one of those things, small cramped uh, location, but uh, yeah, she ended up going and fainting, and I I went and caught her uh, on her way out of the chair onto the floor caught her in my arms and just sort of holding her there and she's twitching and you know like uh, doing doing the chicken <laughs> yeah. and then, then eventually eventually like the eyes roll around and she comes around and she's going like looking up into my face and I went and like I just looked at her and I went and said was it good for you darling <laughs> <laughs> and you, you you know that if, if you've ever passed out before and you wake up you have no idea where you are yeah she was fucked she was totally that, that was it was mean it was funny but it was mean she had no idea where she was just just looking up to this big burly viking guy that's going and like saying was a good for you darling <laughs> oh man i don't think i've ever passed out actually though um no not from tattooing no i've i've, <laughs> I've never well certainly from alcohol but that's very different isn't it but... <laughs> yeah. oh well, um, uh, we talked before about what I was going to ask you, but I, I came up with a list. I'm trying to get back to it. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about um, your travels then and tattooing over in like Polynesia and stuff. Because, oh, okay. uh, you know, you have uh, your defined style known as a uh, Colonesian. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the Polynesian, who's actually a very, very good friend of mine. She was a um, because because I never, you know, um, it, it, it's really hard. People getting into all this whole you know, cultural appropriation stuff and stuff now, and, and um, it, 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 at that time, you know, there weren't a lot of tattooists. You, you weren't able to specialize. Yeah. Um, you had to do everything that came in the door. Um, people would come up with all sorts of different things, and then you had had to go and like like do it as best as you could, because there were no like Polynesian tattooists coming over to, over to Europe and doing stuff. And I, I was interested in Polynesian and all the all the other indigenous uh, type of tribal tattooing. So I'd I'd often get asked to go and do this type of stuff, but I, I never felt like I was really doing it in in, in a way that I could call it Polynesian. Um, so I, I, I'd say that like 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 this isn't Polynesian, <laughs> you know. This is yeah. And my my friend uh, Erica. Um, from America, uh, she she died recently, but uh, she 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 was uh, from Hawaii and um, a tattooist, and uh, she she came up with the with the term Polynesian. She she said you you aren't doing Polynesian, you're doing Polynesian, <laughs> and it just sort of sort of st stuck, because <laughs> yeah, I I didn't want to, it, it wasn't meant as I'm creating my own style. It was meant that this is not authentic. This is <laughs> definitely not authentic. It looks nice, but yeah, it's yeah. not real Polynesian. But uh, yeah, go, going and working a lot of the uh, tattoo conventions and stuff. Um, in the early days, uh, you just sort of show up and they they put you in a booth. But then uh, there were there were a few of few of the tattooists um, like Paulo Sulu Ape and then uh, some of the Japanese uh, artists that would come and they'd actually like give them a platform to work on. Uh, they'd be working sitting down and they'd be dressed in traditional clothing and stuff. Um, Polynesians and their sarongs and the, the, the lava lavas and uh, the, the uh, Japanese and the kimonos. And, um, they, they'd be sitting and going and tattooing by hand. And I, I, I wanted to hang out with the cool kids. So uh, I started going to the conventions and then I started going like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd dress up, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, what's traditional for me. So I started dressing up in my Viking clothes. I'd go to the convention in my Viking clothes and I'd start going like tattooing, sitting down and um, on the platform like the rest of them and like trying to hang out with them. That's cool. And eventually, yeah, so I started going like talking to them and get, getting to like make, make yeah, good friends through this. And um, the thing, the thing was, it was wasn't so great on my body because yeah, you get the you get the uh, the Polynesians. They're going working with like uh, the the um, the owl and then the uh, and the the hand tap tools that are you know these tools average you know like maybe a foot or or foot and a half long, and um, they're going and tapping with these, sitting up nice and straight and reaching out and tapping with these, and they got another person helping stretching. And the Japanese as well, they're, they're going and working with their Tabori tools, and the tools are quite long uh, shafts to them, and, the, and these, these Japanese guys are quite small as well. So they're sitting there cross-legged, uh, like they're used to in their culture as well, and going and tattooing away with these long tools. And then I, I, I had this fucking little <laughs> handle with needles on, and like, yeah, I could fit into the palm of your hand. And, you know, I'm like six foot three 
and sitting cross-legged and trying to go and like bend all the way over to go and like tattoo people. Um, it really, really was like hard. It still is hard on my back, hard on my hip. Uh, just some of those days, it just, yeah, killing myself going and trying to hang out with these guys. <laughs> Uh, but I think they appreciated it that I, that I was, yeah, and also that I was doing something different than them as well. Um, you know, many, many tattooists, uh, especially in the old days, it was, it was uh, everybody was, like I said, doing the same thing. Everybody had to do everything. So uh, any other tattooist was count competition for you. Um, the, the only time you actually like would talk to another tattooist is maybe if you were at a convention, you know, you're, so, so suddenly this guy that used to be around the corner from you and was competition, so suddenly you're off in another country together. So, yeah, uh, he's the only one you know, so maybe you'll have a beer with him and then <laughs> talk to him and stuff. And, yeah, it breaks down barriers. That, that, that was the nice thing with the convention. It broke down barriers and and people would talk to each other. Um, they'd give away trade secrets, help each other. And yeah, um, and after several years, then uh, the conventions, they started catching on to this, that um, yeah, these guys doing the hand stuff, yeah, people, people like this. It's sort of like a spectator thing. You know, if, if you watch somebody doing with something with machine, you watch them for a minute and then go on. Hmm. But with the hand tap and, and with the hand poking and, and the traditional arts, they, they, uh, people would come and they'd like sit there and like watch for, you know, like you know, 10, 20 minutes and they come around again and see how far it progressed and come around again. And yeah. Mm. So it was sort of, they, they started seeing that it was a spectator thing. And then they started to, um, a few of the commitments started putting us together, um, into areas so we could all sort of work across from each other and beside each other and hang out together, talk to each other, help each other. If we needed help, uh, loan each other stuff. Yeah. If you ran out, um, or watch each other's stuff if you had to go like go for a piss or something or go get food. Um, so we, we, we became sort of like this little family in the middle of the conventions, this sort of tribal family of, of all these different uh, tattooists from all different parts of the world. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, so, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, that, that that's the thing actually is like every time I've... Uh... You know, because I'll start, you know, I'll start this off by saying that I, I definitely was extremely influenced by, say, seeing, you, you know, your work beforehand and stuff as well. And, uh, um, like, say, you know, dot work, you know, that was a big part for me, certainly from from the archaeology as well. But, like, definitely a big part of it was seeing some of your work in, in the books and as well as a couple of other guys and so on. And that was um, also something that when uh, Ufa asked me if I wanted to go to Canada with him to go work at a convention. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. That'd be really fun. <laughs> and so we went to Montreal, I think it was. And okay, and uh, it was there and, you know, with the jet lag and everything. So, in you know, by my time, UK time, it was the equivalent of tattooing at three in the morning. And I was overtired. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was in Viking gear as well. And I was sat on the floor, hand poking. And I'd, and it was just that whole thing of on the second day, my back was killing me. I'm like, why am I sat on the floor? <laughs> What's going on? And I said to Wolf, I was like, why are we on the floor? Why are we on a stage and sat on the floor? And he said, 
Because because it's you know it's the way it's done. It's the way that we do it and stuff. And it's because yeah. of this and this. So and this. this. It's the way Colin did it. Yeah, yeah. And and I just <laughs> that fucking idiot. Yeah, I had a moment where I was like, I'm in so much pain. I'm not made for this. But uh, no, I, I I rearranged and I found ways of doing it and whatever. But there was certainly one of those moments of, you know, uh, I fully. Uh, I fully respect that, you know, I, I'm, I'm in an industry that's been set by others in a way. And uh, there was just one of those moments of like, what is going on? <laughs> but, yeah. so, so sorry for putting you through that. Not at all. But like, I, like, like I said, I, I just wanted to hang out with the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was my, obviously, like, it was my fault for, uh, for, for imitating as well. But I definitely had a moment where I was like, Uffa, I'm sure the Vikings had chairs as well. What are we doing? <laughs> Oh, oh, but it was so fun. I really, really enjoyed that trip, and uh, yeah, and uh, and again, it like it was definitely a wake up call for me of seeing like the you know the you know there is a there's that whole whole thing of you know there's a tradition to it as well, which uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like I said, I was also very lucky because I started at it uh, when nobody else was doing it, so um, so I was able to go and get into like. You know, like I, I've only been tattooing it for a few years, and suddenly I'm I I could get into like huge conventions like London and Montreal and yeah, Calgary and shit. I, I couldn't get into any in Scandinavia because <laughs> there there everybody knew Eric and Yarn. So yeah, I, I was just a young apprentice. They they, they yeah, but I, I get into these like really big ones in, in in foreign countries, and then because of that, then suddenly you can put that on the resume. And then, then after after I did the you know the the tour uh, the world tour going and doing these other conventions, then I could come back to Scandinavia and start doing conventions here finally. No way. Yes way. So that whole thing of like I'm big in Japan, but no no one knows me here. Yeah yeah yeah, I was big in Japan. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I I haven't actually done that many conventions across the world really. I've done a few, but um. Yeah, they're, they're stressful. I, I went and uh, I remember one, one, once I, I, I was quoted uh, and I got a lot of flack for it because I went and, went and said that, uh, what was it, um, conventions were the place where you get the worst tattoos from some of the best artists in the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have heard that before. I didn't know it was you. Yeah. That was me, yeah. <laughs> That's but, true. It's meant sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of tongue in cheek, but yeah, um, a lot of, a lot of the guys, they, like you get like the fucking top names at some of these international conventions, but uh, but the work they do in their studios, uh, they can actually spend more time, uh, do larger pieces, and, and and yeah, just really blow people away with the work there. When when they're traveling, then yeah, it's, it's going to be like cramped conditions, uh, you know, like smaller pieces and stuff. So yeah, it's maybe, maybe not the, the big award winning stuff that, that they're known for, but, but you'll still, you'll still get a decent tattoo mm. and not have to go and pay for, you know, the flights to go and like, uh, like to go and get to, get to them and stuff. But yeah, it, it was, it was, it was sort of taken in a bad way. Like I, I got a, I got a problem of going and saying sarcastic things that people take seriously sometimes. And, and my, my, my humor is so dry. People aren't sure if, if I'm like serious or if I'm just like uh, an idiot. <laughs> well, I definitely think the best the best thing to do in life is as scary as it is to literally just be yourself because you know the uh, the opposite is uh, it's not worth it. No, uh, 
Yeah. No, but it's true though, and and that's the thing. They say the whole like you go to conventions and then and then uh, you see some people at well, like say Mallorca. I I I don't think that I did anything that I'm. I haven't done any tattoos that I've been ashamed of in you know in a long time. I definitely did when I first started because mm. uh, because I just started. Uh, where it, yeah. um, but um, I feel like I'm just digging a hole here. <laughs> no, but <laughs> no, the whole but, thing. But, but it is, yeah, it is a learning process. So yeah, yeah there, there was there was probably the stuff you did when you started was the best you could do then. Exactly. And now you're doing the best you can do now. So yeah, yeah. but, no, but no, nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. But with conventions, though, when people, you know, all of a sudden get excited that they're out and they get to see their friends and they party until four in the morning every night. Yeah. Oh, God. And then, then, then having to be there until two at ten again, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but I don't, I mean, yeah, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really party in the way that I used to anymore. So, you know, hopefully no. people are safe. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, the most, most of the, like, they, they've had to calm down a bit. Most, most of my friends that, I used to party with at the conventions. Uh, most of them are vegans. Most of them don't drink anymore. Uh, you know, like totally straight edge. Yeah. I'm the only one that's drinking anymore. Because uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think it's because I've, I've never, I've never had bad experiences with it. Uh, I've never done it to that extreme. I, I, I was always the guy that was there and have some drinks, but I don't like. I feel uncomfortable being like really fucked up yeah. in another foreign country. Exactly. Um, so, so I'd, I'd be usually the one that was going and like being the chauffeur, um, <laughs> looking, looking after people, getting them home and shit. Um, so I, I, I never really had any bad experiences, so I, I had no reason to quit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is certainly one of the things when I started traveling as well, that was a real game changer. Cause I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to sleep in a bed if I, if I get messed up tonight. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I've slept in too many parks and beaches on my, <laughs> in my day, so yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, I just wanted to ask then about because um, you know we've uh, we've had so many talks about tattooing at conventions, and obviously when I visited in the past few times and stuff, and I've uh, I've been pretty fascinated by some of the things that you've mentioned. So I'm going to bring it up now. Um, I really like that you were saying once about the idea that like of you know the the tribalist sort of view of tattoos of you like them to be sort of bold and clear from a good distance so it literally shows your identity your tribal identity from from a distance and not just up close because you yeah, do very well, bold work. Okay, so it was was to go and show who you were. You know, if you, if you had like a tattoo that, uh, yeah, people had to go in, you know, you'd, you'd have to see it from about 20 meters away or so. If, if you got 10 meters away, then it's dangerous. If you get five meters away, well, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I, I, I worked on a, um, you know, I've never, I've never seen one of these reality programs before. I just hear about them. But uh, there, there was one called... Um, what was it? Uh, Ink Masters or something? Yeah. Yeah. I don't watch it, but I've heard of it too. Yeah, yeah. They they, they had a Swedish version of it. I think they had bought the rights to it or something. And and um, a couple couple tattooists I knew were um, oh, there were there were three three uh, judges that I I knew uh, from the tattoo community over there that were they're really 
good tattooists. They they were they were on this show, and um, for each episode, they'd have a different uh, guest artist come in, um, depending on what the theme of the uh, of that week was. And they had a uh, they had a tribal theme one week, uh, for one of the episodes. They had a tribal theme, so they went and asked me if I could come over and be one of the one of the guest judges on this program. And uh, that, that was one of the first things I went and said to them. They, they, we, we never never got to do it um, because of the program. <laughs> but my, my idea was that, that you just start by going and judging these things like from 20 meters away. <laughs> um, if you're having a tattoo competition for tribal, set them 20 meters away, go and pick out the best ones you want to see come closer. Then pick out the best ones you want to see come closer, and by the time they actually get to you, like yeah, yeah then you're down to like three or four poor uh, contestants. Yeah, yeah. Is there... Yeah, yeah. Tri- tri- tribal is meant to be seen at a distance, and when uh, the whole you know neo-tribal thing when it exploded in the '90s, uh, unfortunately, um, the whole tattooed community was still into this. Um, bubble of uh, this old school that you had to do everything um, you couldn't specialize in a style because there just wasn't enough customers to support you um, unless yeah know you lived in a you know a, a harbor town and then uh, you know the sailors would come in and then get all these military tattoos during the second world war or something um, but most most of it was you had to do everything so uh, people, when the tribal came out, uh, everybody was going also having to do tribal. But there were like maybe a handful of people doing good tribal and neo-tribal, and everybody else was just going and taking that and making it into stencils and slapping it in the middle of the shoulder and, yeah, outlining it and like a, a tenth the size of what the original was. Yeah. So a lot of the negative space would like fill out with time. Um, often these guys putting in the black uh, didn't know how to put in black, so they were overworking the skin. You get a lot of scarring over tattoos at that time. Uh, it's just a mess. Uh, <laughs> going to professional tattooists and getting like really really crap work because it's in a style they aren't familiar with, and. I think that that's sort of uh, yeah. Then then after that, people started specializing because uh, luckily you started getting uh, magazines, tattoo magazines, not just your basic uh, biker magazine that came out with a tattoo special, um, but you started getting tattoo magazines, tattoo books, a few books, uh, Hardy Marks, uh, Donna Hardy's uh, series uh, of books, and then. Um, then uh, some magazines started coming, uh, so people had access. They, they they could see like good tattoo work, and then popularity started to come. More people were getting tattooed, so and there became a lot of different styles. So so nobody could really specialize in everything anymore. Like, no, sorry, nobody nobody could do everything anymore. You had to specialize more in things. Yeah, and then because of more clients, you were able to specialize in something and and uh, just work at that uh, and be able to support yourself just on one style, uh, which is good. Um, also bad um, in some ways. Now, now you get a whole generation that's only like growing up doing one one thing 
um, you know, and they, and they can't do anything else. If somebody comes in, you know, they, they want something else. They, they're physically not able to do it. <laughs> have you ever done a, uh, have you ever done a full color portrait then? Uh, no, that was, uh, before my time. Yeah. Well, actually after my, after my time, uh, color portraits, uh, yeah. Portraits started getting in, uh, probably the late nineties and then, uh, yeah, also the colored portraits, probably in the 2000s, yeah. where they started adding color to the things. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just could not do, I, I, I never learned black and gray. That, 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 that was the thing that sort of set me aside, because I, n- I never had a traditional apprenticeship. Mm. Um, I started with a guy that was you know, like uh, going and specializing already. So the only thing I learned was uh, black work and uh, pointillism at that time, uh, before they called it dot work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, black black work and pointillism, and that, that was the only two things I learned. I never learned anything with color, uh, anything with gray shading, um, so I couldn't do any of that, and I really feel limited sometimes because I can't do that. Well, I can uh, tell you that on, on on the other side, I I can do a lot of things other tattooists can't. Oh, definitely. So, well, for instance, though, I I also would not dare touch a uh, a color portrait. That's 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 a nightmare no. for me. <laughs> And especially when you see so many people going and doing it so well. Now, that's another thing. That is that, and again, going back to the Polynesians, that's, that's why I, I, I try to stay away from the Polynesian as much as I can um, because I know people that do it so well. Yeah. And, um, and I have artists that come over here uh, to visit that do it so well. So why, why should I be trying to go and fumble through something that they do so naturally and that they do on a daily basis? Yeah, talking then of uh, of of um, you know of approaches to tattooing that you can do that say uh, some people that do color portraits can't do necessarily. Um, I've never done any tattooing with needle and thread, but I know you have because there's a famous image of you tattooing your arm yourself with it. So what's the um? Because uh, I'm sure a lot of people are interested to hear what what does it feel like to have that done. Yeah, that was that was that was a different thing because, uh, like I said, there there, there it wasn't I, w- I wasn't interested in doing uh, like I was interested in um, in cultural tattooing mm. and also studying like yeah a lot of cultural art and, and mummies and stuff and seeing seeing these old designs. Um, I wasn't so interested in, in the Polynesian or or the Japanese or, or other things, because the, these, uh, these styles, they have people that are still doing them. Uh, what I was really interested in was, was the ones that had died out that weren't being practiced anymore and hadn't been for, you know, sometimes for centuries. Um, and just sort of, yeah, trying them out and, uh, trying the tools out. It was also, uh, learning what tools I could use for the Nordic stuff as well. Because at the time I started, yeah, there was no real hand poke tools. Uh, people hadn't been hand poking since the 1800s. Um, so it was, it was sort of like trying to find what worked for me. And then, uh, then when I was studying the, the Inuit uh, tattoos, uh, both in university and then afterwards, uh, when I had the opportunity at the hospital there, um, that was, that was one of the things that interested me. I, I actually, my, my first, um, my first uh, um, business card had an Inuit design on it. Um, 
called uh, Old Woman Who Is the Sun, and done by a Canadian uh, Inuit artist called uh, Kenozhrak. And um, it was, it was uh, my, my mentor, he had had, um, he had, had one of Kenozhrak's designs for his studio. Ah, yes. And I had taken an, yeah, I had taken another one, uh, which had this sort of sun, this happy face sun. And on this happy face sun, uh, the happy face had uh, these, uh, these uh, tattoo stripes on the chin. So that, 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 that was my logo, uh, sort of suiting with the, with the studio and stuff. And I was interested in, uh, in the Inuit designs and tattoos and, and, uh, and the tools. Um, but they, there was nobody doing it at that time. And uh, there were only a few old women that had, uh, had still had the tattoos at that time. Uh, most of them have since died. Um, but yeah, I, I, I studied the mummies, I studied the photos, I, I tried to do the tools, and then, then eventually I, I, it was something I, had, I wanted to do on myself. Um, I was also looking, like I said, at Utsi, because uh, Utsi, uh, the ice mummy, hmm. uh, the ice man, he has, uh, he has a lot of tattoos on him, but uh, there are two stripes on his wrist that don't match any of the other tattoos. And just two thin little dotted lines that I'm not sure if they're hand-poked. It, it, it was the only place he could reach himself. All the other tattoos are on places on his lower back and stuff, and, and it's presumed that they were used for acupuncture. And he couldn't have done those himself. Yeah. And they're much thicker, wider bands and stuff. But uh, these two thin lines, that is just sort of, yeah, on his left wrist. Uh, just seemed like a left wrist, you know, if he was right-handed. Uh, I don't know if he went and poked them in, or it could have been sewn by the look of the, the dots, because it could have been like the entry and exit wounds from the sewing. But, uh, yeah, it was just these two thin lines, and that, that's what I started with. And... Um, I did, I did these two thin lines on myself and uh, started off like with bone, bone needle as well, sinew, uh, made my own ink, um, just trying this out. And um, yeah, um, eventually, yeah, eventually the bone went broke, bone <laughs> needles broke. <laughs> um, started using steel needles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually I got to the point that I could do like a, like a decent line. And uh, then also studying the Inuit stuff, like I got the two lines in, and then, uh, then there, was, um, there was a French uh, photographer uh, named uh, Claire Artemus. Uh, she, does, she did a lot of uh, photographs, art photographs of, uh, of tattooists working. Um, but doing the photographs uh, microscopically. Um, her father was a biologist and uh, like a doctor of biology or something and, uh, and had this uh, Macron telescope, uh, sorry, microscope uh, when she was a child that she got to yeah, see at his work and stuff. And um, so she was doing these macro photographs of the tattooing process. Wow. And beautiful photographs. And the thing is that like, like once you get down to that level of detail the skin becomes a landscape uh these little drops of blood become uh you know like entities they're they're like insects or or you know the like mountains and, and it it looks like like she called it body landscapes and mm. um because you, you couldn't tell that this was a tattoo at all 
uh, it looked like craters on the moon or, 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 or you know, like ravines on, in, in, on Mars. Um, so anyway, she, she, she came to go and, um, to go and photograph um, at uh, this Viking market. And uh, so I went and decided I had these lines already. So I decided to go and put a, an Inuit pattern um, attached to the lines. And um, so I went and sewed this in. And she went and photographed the whole thing, and it was in like a few magazines and stuff, and online, and yeah. So I like like to think that that was sort of the start of, of yeah some of the maybe some of the revival we're seeing now, like you know like 20, 25 years later, mm -hmm. uh, with people a lot lo, lo, lot of tribes are getting interested in their old cultures now and the tattoo cultures, and also the Inuit, like just in the last five years, people started going and like doing the Inuit designs again. When, when I started doing it, there was nobody, nobody, not, not, not even uh, the Greenlanders, you, you know, uh, Green, Greenland is, a, is a, a colony of Denmark. So you have a lot of Greenlanders living here. Um, but yeah, there weren't, weren't many that were interested in, in the sewing technique. Um, and I, I wasn't really either. It wasn't so much the technique and the tools. It was, it was more the designs that I thought were the real shame that people weren't using anymore. And um, I don't care if people do it with machine or, or, or hand poking or sewing or whatever, but, but just these designs are just so cool. Mm. And um, yeah, now, now, now people are starting to use them again. So that, that's, that I think it's, it's a really good thing. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful part of, uh, you know, our history that, you know, deserves to be remembered because it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, we were also over, I have a friend who does um, Dmitry um, Babakin uh, from Russia. He does, uh, he specializes in Marcasian tattooing and uh, is really well known for that. But um, he, uh, living in Russia, he, was, he organized a trip to, uh, to uh, Chikopko a few years back. And uh, that's in northern, yeah, what would it be, north, northeastern... Uh, Russia, as uh, uh, as far as you can get in northeastern Russia, before you get into Alaska, like it's as northeast as you can come, and before yeah you start yeah, yeah I think about twenty you know about twenty kilometers from Alaska up there, and uh, the tattooing the 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 Inuit tattooing tradition had carried on longer there. Um, Probably because of the isolation, uh, whereas in Alaska and Canada and stuff, uh, people were maybe more integrated into the into the Western culture by that time. But uh, we actually found some uh, some of these old women that still had the tattooing, even though all of them have died in Canada and Alaska. Uh, there were still still a few up in uh, in Chicago that still have these traditional tattoos that have been sewn in. No way. So that was really incredible experience to go up there and, and, and meet some of these old ladies and, and hear their stories. Um, yeah, like I said, the, partly the tradition carried on longer, but also uh, a lot of these women, they also got tattooed very young. Like, like uh, there were a couple of them, they, they got these tattoos when they were like five years old and stuff. So that was, uh, and, and, and they said that it was already dying out them then. Like uh, a few of them, their parents, like, were really upset that they got these tattoos. Hmm. Um, so, <laughs> just a five-year-old running off and getting a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. No, there's this one, one lady, yeah, her, her aunt had done it on her yeah. when she was looking after her. 
and the parents just fucking <laughs> flipped out. That's amazing. That, 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 that's not something they want to carry on, you know. That, that's that's yeah. And now 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 these 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 women as well. They 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 yeah. It's it's almost almost like like the culture has to die before it can be reborn. Mm. Uh, sometimes because these old ladies they they they're actually like a little bit of shame with these designs, uh, these tattoos. They don't think that the young people should get them. Um, I don't know. It's because they they converted to. Uh, uh, to uh, the Russian Orthodox Church, or or if it's something else, um, but yeah, the, the young people aren't interested in either over over in Russia, where it's starting to have a popularity over in Alaska and, and Canada and stuff, and and yeah, so may, maybe it will come back in Alaska, but it may have to die out first, you know. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Well, that's something that I find a little bit. Like, uh, as you know, I'm extremely fascinated and interested with, uh, with Nordic art. Um, I've, um, you know, I, I, I love Nordic art, but I also love Celtic art and, you know, for where I am around here in North Wales, there's, there's a wealth of, of, uh, you know, artifacts that were found of, of designs that the more I look into them, I'm, I'm convinced that they would have been, um, tattoos as well. Uh, especially with the accounts that we have that the Romans said to you know the, that they you know that you don't know if it's true or not, but either way, I, I'm I'm going to yeah, do no, it. I, I, I think I trust an eyewitness account that's been written down than than somebody going and refuting it. Uh, you know, like two thousand years later. Exactly, <laughs> but even so, the the thing that I have of trying to say like this design is from here, like and you were from here. Let's do this on you, and it's yeah, hard. Yeah. It's harder for me to get people to do that that it is from someone that's traveled over from germany and like yeah i want british iron age art i'm like yeah. okay yeah yeah good but awesome uh, but you know there's a part of me that wants to do local designs on people from where they are as well because it feels like there's a magic in that too um but it's 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 so it's such a strange combination sometimes isn't it but again maybe it yeah, you, don't, a, you don't know what it, you don't you don't know you don't know what you've uh, lost till it's gone or something. Yeah, but as <laughs> yeah. well as that, like but say I, I know I know it as well because yeah, I'll go to the conventions and I'll be tattooing like some some girl in Polynesian in Polynesia with 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 a, a, a Nordic design, uh, and yeah, I, I just think that's that's so cool. You yeah, know, that I'm able to like like share my culture like halfway across the world um, with with somebody else from from another culture. Absolutely, and, and off, often, yeah, you, you get get people. Yeah, it also also seems to be a new thing with this whole uh, yeah generation of, of everybody being offended by everything and 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 uh, screaming about cultural appropriation and stuff. And and, and tattooing has has never never been about you know it it's never been about cult cultural appropriation is something that refers to items something physical like like when the the word came into being just because of uh, you know like uh, because of museums taking stuff that maybe they weren't shouldn't have um because of war times people going and looting stuff yeah. um and taking it to other countries and stuff that, that, that that's what cultural appropriation was about it, it has nothing to do with like personal body adornment um you find people tattooing has all, all, always been about it, it, it's always about been about uh, being invited into a culture, not being held out of it. 
being hauled out, out it, it, that, that, that's a Western ideal. That, that, that's something that came in with, uh, you know, sort of the bikers and, and um, yeah, even before, yeah, not, not, not the sailors so much. The sailors, it was about going and being invited in to their community. You know, mm -hmm. they, they'd get these, sailors would all get these tattoos and sort of a camaraderie with that. Uh, rites of passage as well. well. But, but yeah, but it's sort of a small tribe. Um, but yeah, it's always about being invited into the community, not being held out. Now, now the Western idea is that you shouldn't have these because they aren't yours. But yeah, you, you don't know this person's story. Uh, you don't like this person could be getting this tattoo uh, because they are part blood with this tribe. You don't know. They, they, they maybe are only like 5% or 10% had a grandmother or something. They could have been married to somebody that was from this tribe. They could have kids that are partly from this tribe. Um, they could have visited this place, you know, and want like a souvenir, like a memory of that good experience that they had visited this place or lived in this place. Um, you know, you, you aren't the one to judge what other people put on their bodies. Yeah. And you find that in, in the old days, you find old sailors that, that uh, you know, like uh, they, they, they'd be covered with Polynesian tattoos. Um, they also had their own tattooing culture on ship, but they, when they like lived with the population and stuff and would, could get tattoos from them, then they would. So why, why are you telling people that they, they can't get tattoos? I, I, somebody going and getting upset about uh, me going and tattooing like some Polynesian girl or some Asian girl, uh, with Nordic designs. That, that's just so wrong. Yeah. And you I find agree. it with many of the other. You find it with many of the other cultures as well, and I'm not, yeah, no, I'm not. Usually, a lot, a lot of the ones that are going through revivals now as well, because uh, maybe they're a little insecure about themselves and a little insecure about their cultures and their knowledge and what they've what they've lost uh, to religion or to colonization, um, all their traditions, and trying to build them up again. So you can understand that that they're a little reserved and. But, but still, just, yeah, slow down, relax, okay? It's just tattooing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, on that, on that wonderful note, I think, uh, I think we'll leave it at that for this. And oh, boy, that's, that's a bad note. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I actually think that's a wonderful one because I think that uh, I totally agree. I, <clears throat> I, I I personally believe, like, you know, so what I just said about, like, wanting to tattoo local things on local people, I don't mean that that should only be like that. I just think that there's there's a wonderful element in that. But Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's yeah. great, great that people are getting an interest in their culture again. Yeah. So that, 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 that's the good side of it. But they shouldn't be getting uh, all, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Everybody, is that they... everybody out because of it. You know, I, I got tattoos from Borneo. I got tattoos from uh, Samoa. I, I got tattoos from... You know, like all over the place, uh, different cultures. I'm, I'm just covered with tattoos from different cultures and from different tattoos yeah. from these different cultures as well. Yeah. And they've always welcomed me in and were very gracious to go and like give me these markings from their own culture to like, we're, we're friends, we're family now, um, you know. So That's exactly I, what I was going to say is that, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, we, we are one species. And the yeah. whole thing about saying that you're not allowed to have it because it's from people from the other side of the world or whatever argument you've got, it doesn't really make a difference. No, uh, not, not if you don't know that person. So, yeah.
Yeah. You don't know their per- who they are. You don't know their journey. Uh, so, yeah. Exactly. So uh, on the flip side then, like say about the whole thing of, um, of like, uh, of how, how Nordic tattoos have been, been used. Um, well, let's talk, let's talk about how they've been used as opposed, like in the past by, by, uh, you know, people as more as symbols of hate and how they are, how we obviously use them, you know, more as symbols of acceptance and love. I know it's a pretty odd way of putting it, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's you see um, a real revival in cultural tattooing now. Um, you've seen all these different waves over the last decades, uh, a lot due to social media and stuff. You get like things that have become very popular. Um, you had the neo-tribal wave, you had the old school wave, the dot work wave, uh, the portrait wave. Uh, but now people are getting like interested in the in the, uh, the more cultural tattoos, and, and they're they're having a revival now. And also the Nordic tattoos are having a revival. Um, the only difference I can sometimes see are that um, a lot of the a lot of the cultural designs that are having a revival now it, it, it's from a positive aspect. Um, people are really interested in the cultures they really love the designs and um whether they're of the blood or foreign uh they're really interested in going like yeah getting these things and it's it's all positive whether you're getting a polynesian tattoo because you've been to polynesia uh whether you're getting some you know inuit sewing or something because it's for your mother or, or whatever but with the nordic tattoos we we have a problem of uh cultural misappropriation where our symbols and designs uh, are have been and continue to be taken up for negative purposes, and it's very difficult to break down uh, these yeah stereotypes uh, that have carried on over the last 80, 80 years or so um, with with people going and using our designs uh, in in a negative way and uh, a very aggressive way so uh yeah we, we we have to fight with that at the same time and um some sometimes difficult especially if, if you go to other countries and stuff where maybe they don't know these designs but have maybe seen them in a negative light uh they've never seen them in a positive light so suddenly you're judged for something uh that isn't your fault uh for something that was taken and, and, and abused and then now has like a negative connotation. And um, the thing is, you, you can't let this carry on. Uh, we, I, I think it's good that we get the designs because it will take away the power from the people that are going and using them in a negative way. Uh, eventually, you know, uh, yeah, it's like uh, fashion going and fighting fascism. Eventually, yeah. I hope these designs get so popular that every little fucking teenager goes and has them. So all of these right-wing groups think that it's embarrassing to use them anymore. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's, that's definitely, you know, say, uh, this is the way I view it as well. I, I don't hold back with, I, well, I hold back with just putting it outright swastikas in my work. I, I will yeah. admit I, there's, there is a line of just doing that unless, uh, yeah. Uh, usually, 
because I, you know, there's usually like hidden swastikas in all my knotwork. But yeah, you know, there there is a knotwork. If you cross like four things, then you're going to go and get a swastika. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So so I don't refrain from doing that, but um, and I don't refrain from from using uh, what we call valknuts or sun wheels. And I, I tell people like this is a way of, you know that they are viewed in some ways, but that doesn't mean in any way that we are cut off from using them in any way. Yeah, and, and, and they think in Scandinavia you don't have so much of a problem because people are brought up with these designs. They see them around them in most places. Um, but once you get out into Europe, maybe people tend to be more educated. So they, they know the history. But you go other places where maybe they don't know the history and weren't brought up with it. Um, especially now, yeah, you see in the United States, a lot of, uh, a lot of our symbols are being used in a negative way. Hmm. And not not just being used in a negative way, but also, uh, uh, yeah, I hate, hate to get into this stuff, uh, but uh, yeah, the 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 Capitol Hill thing, yeah, uh, where yeah, you know, there were there was a guy involved that has these Nordic designs on him. It's not just so much that he has the Nordic designs on him, like like yeah, I don't fucking care if he has these Nordic designs on him and stuff, and is going and flashing them around and on his you know, like exposed uh, body, um, but also the media. The media just took it and ran. Yeah. And they go and promote it is, yeah, these symbols are, you know, like neo-Nazi. These are white supremacist symbols. These are, and it's like just sloppy sensationalist journalism. Uh, they should know better. They, they, if they did the research, they, they could actually like, like go and say what was the truth. But instead, they go and blow it up that this is like bad stuff, and because you know the media uh, just goes all the way around the world, hundreds of thousands, millions of people go and see and hear this when it's not true. Yeah. So yeah, the the media should also also be held held accountable for a lot of the things that they're going and saying. I definitely agree. Yeah. As much as some of these yes. symbols are getting used by right-wing extremists within the Nord, uh, the Nordic scene, if that's what we'll call it, um, you know that at the end of the day, that's a very small majority now compared to to the rest of the world that's interested in it. But obviously, yeah. they uh, they're very noisy about it, and they stand out a lot because because they are preaching hate when when obviously most of uh, most of the rest of the world that's interested in, let's just say, Scandinavian uh, Norse heritage or anything like that, that's not the way that most people see on it. No, no. But yeah, again, it's, it's uh, often the media because, you know, the, these guys are getting the attention. Uh, you know, some some kid I'm going and tattooing at a Viking market isn't going to be on, like, the national CNN, uh, you know, ex broadcast over the whole world. But, uh, you know, somebody with some, like some shitty Velknul on their stomach uh, is. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, the way I figure it, the, the more young people, the more educated people, the more people that we tattoo with the designs is the less people that are going to have them exponentially than the white supremacists. Yeah, exactly. And say, for instance, like uh, most of Wardruna's you know, just using Wardruna as a, as a good example, like most of Wardruna's fans, uh, you know, will will probably uh, really like these symbols and will not have any of those sort of views in, in the slightest. 
you know. No, I'm... no. And then uh, there was the thing I was talking to Kai as well about uh, about his tour in uh, in the states uh, with uh, Hylum, um, because here here like over Europe they they had like really great crowds and stuff, and and over over in the states they went over there and they also had great crowds, but they also had some incidents hmm. of people not wanting other people to be at this concert because of their gender or their race or their sexual preference and getting all upset that this was theirs, you know, uh, and not wanting like, uh, you know, black people there or not wanting native American people there or stuff. And they literally what... open every show with saying we are all one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is that Kai, Kai, Kai like he, he was so exhausted after that tour, uh, just because of all this stuff. But then at the same time, he realized how important it like, like like he really didn't want to go back to the states again but he realized how important it was that he does go back because he has to go and do this to go and stop stop that sort of mentality yeah exactly and that's that's the situation we're in as well like yeah we we have to have to do this uh in a positive light to go and stop the bad stuff yeah i agree well and that's exactly why we're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you again for... Well, thank you again. Yeah. And yeah, uh, look forward to going and hearing it. 